off top. The phrase March Madness was originally coined for the Illinois High School Basketball Tournament in 1939. Play the music. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. What's up, Charlie? I think I got you on that one. You probably thought it was like, I don't know, Bill Rafferty or somebody. And it wasn't. It eventually made it to the big tournament, but it was initially because Illinois basketball was popping and some guy named Porter decided to write it in the paper sometime. Genuinely shocked this doesn't have an origin somewhere in Indiana that could have been referenced in the movie Hoosiers. <laughs> Your favorite movie. Uh, hey, don't 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 <laughs> put, don't put that evil on me. All right. So interesting thing that I want to talk about is kind of combining a lot of things. So first of all, we'll get to Roses and Thorns later. And Charlie, even you should stick around for the end of Roses and Thorns. I'm not going to tell you what happens, but it, it gets <laughs> it gets funny and a little wild. Um, also. I got an intern this week, a young man, uh, age 12, by the name of LJ Phillips. He's going to hop in and help us out with some, I don't know, young things. I need some uh, insight on how the kids feel about John Morant. He's an AAU basketball player and a hell of a young student. So we'll get to him at some point. But the general topic that I want to talk about, it kind of integrates three of these big topics or these big players right now that are embroiled in different levels of off-court and off-field controversy. So Jalen Carter, the projected number one player in the draft, defensive tackle out of Georgia, is by far, I think, the best player in college football and should be a top three, top five pick. But he's sliding um, in part because he was arrested uh, in connection with the death of his teammate and the death of a staffer at Georgia. Uh, They were allegedly street racing and... The accident happened and uh, the two people died. Jalen Carter was pulled out of the combine to go be arrested uh, in connection with all that stuff. And then he had a pro day in which he was out of shape, frankly, and couldn't perform on the field. And people are making a bunch of connections about that. Then we also have obviously the Brandon Miller situation where he's affiliated with uh, the murder of a woman because he was called to bring allegedly to bring the weapon, the murder weapon. And he's still playing. His team is really good. They knocked out my Terps in the tournament and he's really good. Despite the fact that he played really poorly in the first round, I think he missed all of his shots in the first game. And then John Morant uh, has been in the news for the last several weeks. And I feel like I don't have to uh, brief you all on what's going on with John Morant, but um, as he's coming back, Tonight, uh, I guess it's last night when you guys will be listening to it. He'll be back on the court for his first game back. So I think from my perspective, the thing that jumps out to me is being unsure how to handle all of these things in the media. And there's the gap between what it means to be in the media and what it means to just be a fan or a person is shrinking because obviously social media and there's a need for everyone to feel like they have to make a statement or have an opinion. And I, as someone who kind of (laughs) does, like I'm expected to talk about these things and I'm expected to have an opinion. And I find myself one of the things that I try to work on, I need to do better with is being honest about my opinion and not so much about what I expect or, or what people expect me to say about things. And I don't feel great about how I initially handled handled the Brandon Miller thing. 
because I think like jump to conclusions. There's somebody dead. And my response is get him off the floor. I'm not sure that he needs to be on the floor, but the more details that come out, it doesn't seem like he needs to be off the court and just coming on TV or on a podcast and saying, I don't know, let's wait. It's something that I need to get better at doing. And I didn't, I didn't really do. And uh, the Jalen Carter situation is, well, I I guess we'll stop down there for a second in in general. And I I feel a lot more proud of the way that I handled the John Morant Morant case up until this point, but that felt easier because it didn't feel as dramatic. There was when somebody dies like you're or is killed you're filled you're filled with a bunch of emotion and and you also know that you represent a voice that people want to hear and I find myself doing that often whereas like I know that people are feeling this and even if I'm not feeling it I'm like all right this needs to be said because it needs to be said when it doesn't necessarily need to be said what do you think so I think that we're in a really interesting place um with the way that we digest these stories in particular, because I think it is sort of the crossing of two intersections of college sports veering between kids being amateur athletes, professional athletes, and to how we digest these stories because of social media. And the reason I say that is because when someone dies, when it's a serious situation, a tragic situation, Right now, with the way that social media is, we get access to a lot more opinions than we do information. Um, And that's really important because it shapes the way you and I digest things and talk about things because we feel a responsibility to say something on topics that are in the zeitgeist and are important and have ethical concerns. And to be quite frank, your voice matters on that a lot. Um, And when when you're shaped by opinions rather than information, it's impossible to not think about saying something that you think fits ethically with where the discourse is going and where you want to fall in that discourse amongst people that you respect. But that becomes tricky when I think it's in college sports where quite frankly, over our entire lifetime, we've treated them as kids, not like professionals. And there's a responsibility of the program to protect kids, to not release all of the information, to limit their availability. Like we haven't heard Brandon Miller talk about these things. We haven't heard Jalen Carter talk about these things the way that we have heard John Morant sit down with Jalen Rose or, you know, there are agents involved in the same, in in the same way. Um, And so it becomes weird. It becomes something where we are uh, painting an incomplete picture based on the way that other people have reacted to the news. And I, I think that that makes it much more difficult to not change your opinion over time because the facts are trickling in at a slower rate. So I don't have a problem changing my opinion over time, but I do think that that happens so often and we see it happening in the MVP race, which is not nearly as um, consequential as some of these stories. But if you put yourself on team Jokic midseason, then you're like more information happens and you're unable to change your opinion. That's something I like. I think that's one of my strengths. It's like, I'm fine with like, I was wrong back then. Now I'm right with new information. But I think that when there's something that is so dramatic, I feel that's where I struggle. And I, uh, so the last thing I'll say is I've been thinking about this morning. How can I do a better job and how can you help me do a better job with that and us help each other? And I think the best thing to do is like, just this sounds stupid. Cause I was trying to think of like a framework 
<laughs> to go about thinking about these things. It's like, all right, should I list all the stakeholders, list all the outcomes? Because I actually do think that if I'm wrong about who wins the finals, like I care less about that if I'm wrong about that. And I, I said this, I talked to some students at Towson University last week and I told them I, I repurposed a famous Ray Lewis quote where he said, you um, you pay me for the week like the practice week and the weekends are free and the way that I feel about it, how that affects me is like, I feel like I get paid for all the sports analysis, but the, the important stuff is free. Like that's when I feel like that's when I'm most excited, you know? And that's when I feel like my job feels consequential and it feels like whatever little drop in the bucket of shape and public opinion I have, I should do that well. So like, it really pains me to think that I do those things wrong. So maybe that framework helps, but also I think it's important to like be honest and you don't have to, like there's no rule that you have to have a hard, fast opinion just because something that dramatic, something dramatic happened. There's no rule that says you have to say like, it's okay to, to say like, I don't know, I don't have enough information or it's okay to say if this, if that, it's all right to put, to work through your thoughts because that's almost just as helpful or more helpful than just coming out hard. Uh, and that's the time, I, that's the only time I ever regretted things that I've said or done on like national platforms is when I come out aggressively on something and then find out weeks later that I know what I was talking about or it was unnecessary, you know? Like it, it reminds me of the, the way J.J. Reddick reacted to Kendrick Perkins, where it was like, it was like really aggressive. And like, I understand the emotion in that because that's like the the criticism I would give myself is like, sometimes I'm too emotional. And like, I understand the emotion and the defense from for coming out of JJ Reddick. But when you are like, at least for him, we all have like different um, positions of privilege and power. But when you're uh, like six, four handsome white man who played in the NBA, like yelling at anybody, probably not a good move, but like laying out the facts is, is much like more useful. Cause I can't imagine that he liked the allies that he drew from doing that. So I don't know. That's always in the back of my mind, but I've been holding off on getting to the job conversation. Cause um, that to me is something that like, I'm happy with the way that I talked about it. I, I don't know that I'm happy with uh, with how Jai's coming out of it. But before we get to all of that, I think this is a good time to introduce LJ Phillips, our intern. What's up, LJ? Hello. <laughs> Can you hear me? Yeah. You nervous? Not really. Oh, damn. Wow. You should have been nervous when I gave you that work in the backyard on a basketball court. We took a lunch break basketball game. And I got old man strength and an old man jump. I used the glass a couple of times. It was incredible. LJ, there's no chance that Dominique can make a left-handed layup. <laughs> just for just force him left. Hug that right hand. <laughs> That's fair. I um he did whoop me. We we did like 14 free throw contests, like best of five. He crushed me in all of those, but I still got him by like a foot. So he's not gonna beat me in one-on-one, not for a few years. But anyway, I wanted you here because it's not just to fulfill your intern uh obligations but i think you have a perspective that we don't have and i'm wondering how ja ranks as far as top players amongst people like amongst you and people your age like you're an aau basketball player like you are the perfect demographic for who the nba wants ja to like attract and entertain so i feel like uh ja is a 
very popular player mm-hmm. and he has like a lot of fans. He's he's a very loved player. Like but when you get to a certain age you can tell like you know that what he did wasn't good. Yeah. Like you know not to do it. But it's still that like a lot of people found I don't, out. And, like, I don't want to get you in trouble with your parents, but the one thing that I was thinking about and they'll forgive me, we're like family friends, so they'll be all right. One thing I've been thinking through this process is like I don't know that this was bad for Ja amongst young people. Cause like I think about, and this is, I've passed that threshold into like old mandom where kids acting up is like, oh, that's whack. But I remember when I was 12, 13 to like 18, where it's kind of cool and interesting as long as it's not like too, cause you know, I mean, Allen Iverson was like the guiding light for an entire generation. And Allen Iverson was not like an upstanding, like he was cool. So I guess my question, my roundabout question for you is like, does, has this impacted your, your, your like friend group and the way people think about Ja um, in any way, like positively or negatively? So, yeah, um, he's pretty much one of my favorite players. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, no, like if you think about it and then, it's it's a little harder to say for somebody that really likes Ja that they're his favorite player because of what he's done. So mm. it's like harder to say that. And right. yeah. But it hasn't impacted you. Like it's it's nothing that's like you're not out on Ja Moran. You're looking forward to his his return tonight. Yeah, like I'm probably gonna watch the game tonight. And yeah. All right. What about you, Charlie? Are you how are you influenced by Ja Morant? Are you gonna grow your hair out and get some tats? <laughs> I've, I've been long long debating uh whether or not i should get a tattoo but um you know being really <laughs> doughy right. and pasty not the best look i mean um L- lj just um just for for the audience because i remember this too um to dominique's point about iverson i know i know jaw's one of your favorite players you play point guard but i think a lot of us who talk about basketball we're in the world where it's still lebron james steph curry uh kevin durant as the icons of the league but could you just let us know just when you guys turn on highlights what's the group of players you want to watch because that's the group of players that's going to be sort of the marquee players for us to talk about for years to come yeah so it really depends like you know if it's going to be like a dunking highlight you're expected to see jaw if it's going to be like a maybe like a shooting highlight or something you're expecting to see like Steph Curry or one of the great shooters. If it's like supposed to be like, I don't know, ankle breaker, like really good handles, dribbles. You have Kyrie or somebody that um, just good at that part of their play. If we polled um, all the like kids in your AAU league, who are the top three players? Like their favorite players. Favorite or like skill and like right now? No, I mean, like, the guys that they would get excited for, you know, like, the guys that they look up to, you know, the guys that they copy. Because I, I don't know. I feel like LaMelo was a big deal before he got hurt. Yeah. And that felt like a, a real young people's thing because us old people were like, yeah, win some games. Yeah, a lot of people like LaMelo. I feel like Ja, Jason Tatum, mm-hmm. LaMelo's in there. Um, Steph Curry. Yeah, Steph's still, still in there? Yeah, I think Steph Curry's in there. Um. Maybe like Devin Booker, not as much, but okay. he's part of that. I'm old. I just want I just want KD to cook. That's all I want. <laughs> all right. I appreciate you, LJ. So um Jalen Carter. 
So the interesting part about the Jalen Carter conversation is um, he's sliding on draft boards. And I would have thought that the off the field stuff was irrelevant. But then when it bleeds into his combine performance, it impacts his combine performance. And I think it's hard to assess how much it should matter. Because it's it's certainly a bad decision. But if we uh, like took people or drop people on a draft board for bad decisions and everyone would drop. Everyone makes bad decisions, especially at that age. Uh, it's unfortunate, obviously everything that happened around it. And I can think back to all the years that I played in college and even early years in the NFL, like just did dumb stuff. You just did dumb stuff and you got away with it most of the time, but you did dumb stuff and you found yourself in bad situations or you put yourself in bad situations. And most of the time you were fine. But the scary thing uh, for Jalen Carter is, is the question that he does so many of these things that eventually he was going to get entangled in one, or is it just like happenstance that this one happened to get him caught? Because this was a really bad one, but it's, it doesn't seem that it would not sour me on drafting him if that was the decision alone. The problem is him not showing up. Whatever all this stuff around him is, it it led to him showing up to a pro day that he controlled and he looked bad in really bad. And that would concern me. Yeah. Let's, let's be clear here. He looked crazy bad in this pro day. I don't know if you've ever seen this before. I've never seen someone doing drills like that and then being just lying down out of breath while a trainer like slowly stretches them out after working out for 10 minutes. Um, that was crazy. He showed up uh, nine pounds heavier than he was at the combine 13 pounds heavier than he was uh, during the season. Um, the thing that I find fascinating about Jalen Carter is I don't know what phylum to put him in because I go to PFF. I listen to Todd McShay talk about it. Um, and this is like a special, special type of prospect. Um, McShay said he, if he had been running the bears, he would have not traded the first pick and just drafted Jalen Carter. He thinks that's more valuable than the haul they got. PFF has him rated as the highest graded defensive tackle they've ever scouted. Um, and that's crazy because the position as we've seen this off season is more valuable than ever. Um, and on the, on the Jalen Carter case, I fall much closer to you on this where being 21, he probably showed bad judgment, leaving the scene of a tragic accident and racing his car, et cetera, et cetera. But it's not the same moral concerns they have as him instigating things that are truly unsavory. Um, but what I don't know is. One, how much does the pre-draft stuff even matter? Like you went through it. Do you think that that actually is an effective way of evaluating these players or something that really determines how good they are? And two, it does he fall in the Warren Sapp, Dan Marino, Randy Moss phylum of, you know, transcendent talents who fall, who get negative draft buzz? Or is he someone who just, this is, we're getting more information and that's causing his slide. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't need. So it's the it's the workout for me because yeah. the draft buzz wasn't. I mean the the off the field stuff to me, and I, I'm trying to be careful because obviously you have to yeah. understand that two people died, but that to me was not like a huge issue or concern. Like I've like raced a car on the street before. And fortunately, it didn't turn into like 
uh, uh, entire incident. Like it's it's not him. It's I feel a bit iffy putting him in the category with some of these other guys who had like legitimate concerns about like actually doing things that are like. Yeah, I'm not trying to undersell how dangerous it is what he's doing. I know it's dangerous, but it doesn't seem out of it doesn't seem unusual or abnormal. And I don't know. I, I, maybe and that's what I was gonna give the Warren Sapp comparison because he just basically smoked a little weed before the draft. And that right. was in the time of pearl clutching where yeah. if you were if someone was like, <gasps> you smoked marijuana, you can't play defensive tackle in the NFL. Um, and those are that that seems like the the parallel case. Yeah. It's it's not a big deal to me, so I would be fine with drafting him on that. The concerning part is like just like being a dud at your pro day, and what's that about? Getting to the bottom of that would be the get, biggest concern. But I got to be honest with you, I I wouldn't pass on Jalen Carter. He was that good, and I it'd be it depends on where you are. Maybe I wouldn't draft him number one overall because I'd be concerned about these things. But every drafting everybody is a risk, and it's normally the risky part is like can they play or not. I don't think that's a risk with Jalen Carter. He's going to be a dominant player in the league if there's not some bigger issue, a bigger underlining issue causing him uh, to have troubles right now. Uh, so, yeah, I'd, I'd find it hard to pass on him. I don't understand why people would let him fall at this point unless they know something we don't know. How much does any of this stuff matter? Like pro days, combine, any of it compared to when you're someone this good? It doesn't. I mean, I think it's, you are looking for a reason to – um, like support your preconceived opinions, you know, like I, I was a third round prospect uh, my junior year. Had I come up my junior year, the NFL gave me a grade that said I would have gone in the third round. I played my senior year um, and then it was projected for the third round. I ran a four, three which is like really fast to get people's attention. And you know what? I was drafted in the third round. Like I, I think people know, what you are and who you are. And if you, I think rarely it's not, obviously nothing is absolute as I say all the time, but like you can go there and show up like DK Metcalf feels like an example of that, where you can show up and get people's attention. Um, Richardson this year is a guy you can show up and really change people's mind. You can show up and run so slow that people like are second guessing you, but by and large 80 to 90% of the people at the combine or at your pro day, they're just making sure that you're still healthy and nothing went, terribly wrong it's it's hard to really impact your draft status uh at at the combine or at the pro day so i think jalen carter is probably going to be all right i'd be shocked if he falls out of the top 10 um i wouldn't let him get out of the top five because i think the the ceiling is that high and you can build a team around a really talented young player even if it's not your quarterback if he is future hall of fame talent which is what he looks like if he can produce that way for the next five years under a rookie deal, you can imagine the other things you can put around him and actually build like a dominant defense around the fact that you have a guy who should be being paid at the top of the league playing in first round money. And I point to this example a lot. Von Miller is an example of winning a Super Bowl because you have a Hall of Fame talent guy playing under rookie deal. And then you can build up the defense around him and your quarterback doesn't even have to be able to throw a 20 yard out because Peyton Manning couldn't at that point, and you can still win the Super Bowl. You know what's going to happen, right? No, don't say it. He's going to go to the Eagles. He's going to go to the Eagles. He's going to he's going to drop to ten. No way. And I'm going to be I'm going to be, or they're going to trade up, and he's going to end up with Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean, and he's going to be the best player on that defensive line after he was the best player on the defensive line with with Trayvon Walker and Jordan Davis, 
And the Eagles are going to be even more of a juggernaut. And we're going to have to pat Howie Roseman on the back and call him a genius. And the Washington Commanders are never going to be good. And I'm going to be sad. No way he slides to 10, but it's, that's impossible to me. Anyway, I'm sorry that the Commanders are never going to win. Um, LJ, I appreciate you joining us. Uh, we're going to have you again on uh, Thursday. You need some some hot takes. We're going to do a hot take show. Also, Ooh, don't do drugs. Go. Don't speed when you get your driver's license. It's all bad things. Be safe and smart like I always was. All right, time for Roses and Thorns. He's so good! How has Dominique been lately? Bad or good? Let's find out. This is Roses and Thorns. All right. It's time. Everybody's favorite part of the show. Roses and Thorns. I said favorite part of the show, not favorite Foxworth. So go ahead. It's Ashley, my wife, closing out. Maybe the the people who keep listening. Yeah. I mean, everyone listens. (laughs) Some people listen in reverse. This is at the end of the show. Although we tape it before. We do tape it before. It's probably kind of awkward for my intern. Yes, you have an intern today. Ooh, do. Don't get no ideas. Don't try to find like a permanent intern. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to happen. But yeah, um, I'm sure. Well, by now, I think the people probably already met him because I'm going to force him to talk on the show earlier. Oh, OK. OK. Well, then, yes, you already met his intern, our dear family friend and our daughter's classmate, LJ. Yep. Cool. So um, it's a long week. Busy week. Actually, the weekend was the longest part and just I know. eventful. And, you know, I was thinking like when I was like looking, you know, at my calendar, I was like, okay, no kids sports. We have a little, you know, we have some family stuff to do, but it was going to be a peaceful, mournful. We had a funeral, a family funeral this weekend, but it was early Saturday morning. So then I was like, and then after that, we'll all just kind of recover for the rest of the weekend. Um, So actually, I'll start with my rose since we're talking about that. Um, My rose for you is that... And it comes from a place of this, you know what, said when he was getting dressed, I was like, I don't know. I think you should wear, he was wearing like a sport coat and some like five pocket pants. And I was like, I don't know. I just feel like for a funeral, you need to wear a suit, babe. Um, But the thing is he, all his black suits were too big um, and even dark gray. So he was like, well, it's either going to be this, which is like black or, and he was a pallbearer too, or a blue. And it wasn't even like a super dark navy. It was like a, a light navy blue suit. And I was like, yeah. I think I go navy suit <laughs> um, or light navy suit, and he was like, "Fine, it's your family's funeral. It's not my family. I'll wear what you say." And I was like, "I don't have time to be mad at you right now for making no comment like that." But let me just tell you, and I don't say this to make fun of him or whatever, but this man was crying as hard as anyone at the funeral, and <laughs> because it is his family, and because That's we not- are all one family. And so my rose is that one: you are in touch with your emotions a little bit belatedly but sometimes but two that you accept my really big family as your own and we've had so much family time this weekend and even though you make jokes like it's your family it is not my family it is your family um it is our family um and you love them like that and like welcome them and and are around them and so anyway that's my rose is that you love my family is your own i was surprised but i mean myself maybe there was some other stuff going on i don't know what's happening i'm i'm a almost 40 year old man i don't know anything about feelings and and that's because i grew up in the 80s and 90s and that's he'll how, be 40 in a week when yeah his and that's how trip. that's how we do things birthday but trip anyway the that i'm shocked that was i guess it's it's part of the rose but that wasn't what i expected i i just knew i was earning a rose i wasn't i didn't mean to say that yeah. I just I just knew I was earning a rose on um 
was it Saturday night? Saturday night, yes. We had the after party to the repast in my house. It just happened randomly. It's not a re-repast. It was definitely an after party, which is a, a, a celebration of life is how it started, I guess. But it ended up just being a celebration. And you know, I don't like people. So it was it was a lot of people in my house. And there were kids around. He don't like people. He don't like kids. He'd been around kids all day. But I like remember, my kids. He's good at being the grumpy old man. Oh, you like your kids sometimes. He's good at being the grumpy old man who retires to the basement slash to the bedroom um, and manages to not come down and complain in his drawers when Trap Taboo, we were playing Trap Taboo, when that got really loud. So thanks, homie, for loving and welcoming him in my family. Oh, no, it's fine. I, they had a good time. It was nice to see all the people who were really hurting earlier in the day to be like really celebratory that evening. And still hurting, but having yeah. a little brief like distraction from it. Yeah. Right. But it was um, it's nice to see all the people that I knew. But there was a bunch of people I didn't know. It like turned into a real legitimate party. That was like it started as like just coming back. I don't know, at, like six o'clock with a couple cousins and whatever. And then I come downstairs. There's 30 people in my house just popping. Which and for I'm a real party. Like when we used to have real parties, that's small for a real party. So, you know, it was an intimate gathering. Okay. It was an intimate gathering that, that went till three in the yeah, morning. And it kind of like one in the morning. Let's not exaggerate. It kind of like inspired me to, to entertain like that, like small. Oh, that's not a word more. I know you're so excited because like a lot of times we'll throw a party and I'm like, okay, I have the caterer booked. I have the photo booth booked. I have, you know, like my outfit picked out and bartender. I've custom ordered. I have a bartender coming. I've custom ordered like all the right, like, you know, even if it's just like throwaway disposable, but like plates and, and cups and whatnot. So again, it was growing. So first it was just like eight of us or six of us, something. I ordered a whole bunch of Chinese food. It was a whole bunch for eight people. Cause it was like, yeah, we're gonna have leftovers. We eat all night. We'll put it in the fridge. It was not a whole bunch for 30 people. So I ordered food. I didn't have a caterer. I Instacarted from Wegmans to get, and I had, we had a lot of liquor, but it was like certain things that people liked that we were low on like bourbon. I Instacarted or particular bullet um, to make like bourbon cocktails. Um, I Instacarted more bourbon and more juices for mixers for stuff. Um, I pulled out leftover from one of my daughter's birthday parties, which was like a year ago, almost some Encanto paper plates. When those ran out, I had some fall baby shower, like there's a new pumpkin coming plates that I used. Um, I had, I have like custom made Christmas cups from an old Christmas party that have like Christmas sayings. This one says Rudy, Rudy, Rudy with the big old booty twerk, excuse me, Rudy, Rudy. Um, they're all songs, um, Christmas songs. I pulled those out. Um, I found some plastic forks or wooden forks that I had like from another event. And then when we ran out of Chinese food, my brother bought pizza and wings. I ordered some insomnia cookies. And it's like you can gather and celebrate and be with your family. And it doesn't have to be like perfect. I was wearing sweats because I changed out of the clothes I've been in all day. It was really nice. So I think, if anything, it's inspired me to do these things more often. So yay, babe. I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah. And I, I watched Megan in the basement with three kids. Um, <laughs> and then eventually went up to my bedroom and watched Marilyn get shellacked by Alabama. And sadly, that game was over before the end. So I turned off the TV just to go and go to sleep. And I realized that that that, that trap taboo gets very loud. That was worse. Like it was it was better when there was a constant like din of the TV in the background than like the, the up and down fluctuations of hearing people directly beneath me yelling 
because they were trying to guess, I don't know, some young Jeezy lyrics. I don't know what what the clues are in Trap Taboo, but. Oh my God, I should get a card. Shoot, they're in the other room. I would grab them there in the kitchen though, I think. Go grab them. You can get it. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, on Yeho Tequila. Came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur. Barnstown, Kentucky. 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Okay, but here, here, I got it. Here, I got it. I got it. So it has the words, Dominic, close your eyes. Oh, no, most people don't look at it anyway. So, you know, like taboo, it has like a word you have to get someone to guess. And then it has clues, a bunch of words you cannot say. Normally, there'd be someone. They can go to YouTube. Just show the card. I'll close my eyes. So here's the clue I'm about to do. Okay, this one's going to be easy. Man, hi, as the Taliban. I'm the man rubber band yes um right. okay oh you used to wear these down to your knees because you're from baltimore white tee yes um go in protection so you don't get killed witness um ooh. the people who try to protect your neighborhood but don't always do the best job but the black panthers neighborhood watch um white um, moms the nearby office for the uh, community, uh, nearby the, office. They have sirens on their cars. Uh, Pinkerton. They have sirens know. on their cars. Oh, I said police. Sirens on their cars. Oh, I didn't hear you say that. Okay. And they're organized. They're organized into different what? Communities, cities, district, municipalities. Okay. Not the district. The, like the second. County, city. Okay. We lose. Game Precinct. over. It was fun. Precinct. Precinct. Oh, yeah. Got it. That makes sense. Oh, here's one. One of my favorite rappers. And um, he had a lot of mixtapes. And, you know, he's playing at the Fillmore soon. We should get tickets. Lil Wayne. A lot of mixtapes. Yeah. Yes. All right. Okay, I'll stop. But there's a ton of them. Some of them I'm like, I don't know if this is appropriate. Like if yeah. we should be saying that this is a trap word, it's almost like a little bit racist yeah, maybe, the, but the whatever. The thing is, it's one of those internal community things where it's like, I'm fine with like us making some of these clues, but I, I'm not sure that I would, I, I, I don't know. If I walked into a house of, a, of all white people playing trap taboo, I'd be really interested how they got to the clues. It'd be, it might be a little uncomfortable. I like to lick the sauce when we order it. The type of sauce I love most on my favorite type of food. I clean the bones off. Uh, I mean, you're from D.C., so it should be mumbo, but you you don't like mumbo sauce. What is it for real? What type of do I get? Uh, Chick-fil-A sauce? I don't no, know. what type do I get when we order the... So you have to say the word so I can say it. We order the... Wings? The things I eat, yes. Oh, lemon pepper. Of, lemon yes, pepper. Yes, duh, lemon pepper. That's a clue. 
you got it. Oh, uh, what, what are the words on lemon pepper that you can't say? Because I feel like Rick Ross is where you need to go immediately. You can't say Rick Ross. Okay. You can't say wings. You can't say fries. You can't say strip club. You can't say chicken. Okay, gotcha. All right, cool. Um. Anyway, um, but it, the funniest time we played this, we played this in January with my father. Do you remember that? Yes, my I dad is like a almost seventy year old doctor. Um, but what I have to remember about my dad at all times is he was raised by a numbers runner. There was actually just an Instagram post about my grandfather. So it's not like, um, um, so it's not like, you know, something yep. that anyone's ashamed of. This is the true American dream. Like your, your family is like a black numbers runner gave birth to doctors and lawyers. And, but my, my dad is just, and I mean, he's a black man who grew up in a city, but yeah. also, you know, who watches movies, but also me and my siblings at first, like the rappers, he didn't know. But anything, there's a lot of like police and like legal terminology, yeah. all that. He was killing it. Yeah. And he never even understood, like never played the game of taboo. Alan, obviously, like if you he doesn't like come off as like hoity toity in any, any way, like it's clear that he like grew up around black people. But you also like when you get to uh, went to HBCUs, when, like... you, when you get to a, a certain age, I guess you just assume and he's like been successful. You just assume that he's not understanding those things. But I like learned a lot about his upbringing and how close he was to to the business <laughs> to, to the element and is kind of uh i mean i feel like we learned this in trap taboo like it was like man yeah like that's when we learned it we were like oh you you were raised a little different than me yeah one of the things about him that's interesting is i have a good time was like he's crazy obsessed with locks and i just thought like making sure things are locked and i just thought it was like I don't know. He's just a weird old man. That's his hang up. But, check but all the doors, like any house he comes into when he leaves, because we love he loves his family. He wants to make sure we're safe. And that's because when he was young, like there was like actual raids and people busted it. Raids and... is a clue. He got that one. Dude. He was like, "Where the FBI stole my piggy bank?" But yes. then they gave it back to me. We were like, the raid. That was going to say yes. FBI because he going to say that. the time they took my piggy bank. But then um, they realized they didn't feel like counting it. Yeah, he he harder than me because he told me about when he or not. He didn't tell me this. I think um, one of your aunts told me about when all the women had to leave the house and he was like 10 and all the men stayed there and everyone got a gun and he got a gun at like 10 years old. Absolutely. He did, he, no, he did not have a gun. Let's not. He did Hold not up. own a gun at 10 years old. Oh, no, I, I don't think he owned one. But I thought the story was everyone this is had what someone has said. Yeah. No. Okay. No. Well, I'm sorry. I no want to spread no rumors. Forget there it. There were no Cut guns. this story all out together. I don't want to be on the hit list. Cut it out. You trying to get me killed? I don't want to die. I'm sorry. This I'm was not also snitching. back in like the 70s. So right. I'm soft. We're covered. No one. Yeah, I know. We're soft. But this is like, like I'm like, what does this mean? I don't know. And like, and I was actually, there were a bunch of like lawyers too playing it. Like I technically am a lawyer, my sister, my cousin, and all of us were like, he's getting these better than us. Interesting. <laughs> um, but anyway, so that was my rose was that you're great with my family. And we've gone off on a tangent there. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I have thorns too, um, and they're actually about me, not about you. One of them is that I am an absolute psycho, um, and we're going away and we're doing cold weather skiing first and then going to a beach, so there's a lot of packing, and I have this problem where I look like crap at home, like 70% of the time. But when I go on vacation, I think every look from the time I roll out of bed to the time I roll back in bed and I pack matching pajamas, but I actually do wear matching pajamas every day at home, has to be fly. So my packing list just for myself 
but it also has the toiletries and the children's medications and whatnot is like three pages and the kids. So that is my thorn that like, I'm about to pop zippers, but I'm like, it's okay if it pops away, can send you a new suitcase in no time. It can pop when we get to Aspen and we'll get them to send us a new one, or I can ship stuff home that we don't need for the beach. So that is my thorn. How you live with me. I don't know. I know. I love it. It makes I mean, covering all these things are things that I don't have to worry about. I, so I'm organizing this. I have an uh, intern. Oh, right it's his now. birthday trip. Yeah, thank you. I have a, uh, I thought it was birthday. Is it bur- well, that's the hashtag. It is your birthday trip, but the hashtag is Dominique's 40th birthday trip because we're going to be freezing. We got it. We got it. Um, So I have an intern from uh, the school. And so I also organize an internship for my daughter and one of her friends. And it reminds me how much I appreciate that you organize things because it's such a pain in the ass let me tell you how to organize between two families in an office to make sure everything is is coordinated and i'm trying to like buy lunch for the office as a thank you which is another thing oh, they just let like, me i can send oh, no, i called i called already they said to call them back and i can plan it so i got it under control but anyway that's why i because i've been ignoring the group messages about it i'm like this is dominic saying this is one thing he's doing he's taking off my plate i'm not trying to go back so you keep trying to go back you keep offering to like set up their catering for me i got it I can handle it. Oh, yeah. It. But that that is like a separate thing. I haven't had to like connect with the office. And I, you know, not that I like the other family, but I'm like, nah, y'all good. Y'all yes. got this. I'm not planning this. Um, But I actually like them. So I want to be like, hey, but I'm like, nope, not hey about this because this is not my business. So thank you. That's another rose that you've set that up. But you also set up the whole trip. Like I've made reservations and stuff. Although he was like, and like found a babysitter that other people know um, that we can, other people have used, um, that I'm friends with. Um, so that I'm kind of comfortable with for my kids, not kind of, but I am comfortable with for my kids. Um, so we can like go do fun things. Cause there's a lot of like good restaurants and stuff and asked me, he was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't plan on being at dinner with you every night. I was like, oh, well, I've already guaranteed the babysitter. <laughs> the, the babysitting every night. That's what we're so. going. So I, I, I plan this trip, but I, um, I started to get a little nervous about it this week because it dropped down to the 30s around us for the weekend. 20s even? 20s? Yeah. I mean, the the projection for for them, for Aspen, when we're going to be there is in the 20s. I mean, that it got down to the 30s here. Oh, and it was cold. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is actually really cold. Because when I was making the trip plans, it's like 40, 50 outside. And the projections were for it to be around 40 degrees in Aspen. And I was like, yeah, we'd be all right. But if we're in the 20s. In the 30s, we supposed to be skiing all morning. And then, I don't know, might might be a miss. But hey, it'll be fun. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I have I have an idea. I'm going to run upstairs. 
I need you to grab me a, a trap taboo card and we're going to see if I can get Sarah to guess it. That's how we're going to Oh my God, that is hilarious. Well, I could do it for all that. Sarah, you ready? Oh, okay. Well, you got it. You know what? I, I, I chose four. I have four. We're going to end this. Sarah is our wonderful, wonderful producer without whom we will Who's be nowhere. And on the apps, guys. And we'll see how she does on Trap Taboo. Let you know who should be um hitting her up in the DMs. Sarah, I grew up with white people. I'm going to give you these clues as best as I can. <laughs> okay. All right, okay. you ready? Yes. Instead of using Drizzly, you can go in person to the liquor store. Yes, exactly. OK, <laughs> this is a little bit tough. Um, oh, gosh, um, honey, if you figure out what it is, start helping me. OK, um, it is online. It used to be really popular. They would post a lot of dramatic things between people. Oh, yeah, I know. Um, you got it now, honey. Um, yeah, I do. OK, enough. Go ahead. Like a gossip site, kind of? A gossip site, but it was black gossip. Oh, oh, I thought it was the fight site where people would put when people fight. Well, and fights, but I mean, it would be gossip stuff, too. Yeah, videos, videos mostly? Okay. So people yell this when they're about to fight. Somebody might yell it because they're going to record it. All right. So here we go. We live on a... The Earth. And another word for Earth is the... World. Yes. Yeah. And, and a star the sun has... is... A... Oh, shoot. A st the sun is a... World star? World star? You did it! Yay! <laughs> okay, I got another one. Oh, oh, Dominique mentioned his name last week because the ice out oh. goggles I wanted to get him for. He's not old, he's young. Mm hmm. And uh, A, B, C, D, E, F. No, no, no. You can't just go to the alphabet. You can't? No, I'm no, not using the letter, cheating. though. I'm not using the letter. Okay. Um, a lot of Christians accept who is their Lord and Savior? Ooh. God. Okay. The younger you version. Jesus? Yes, Jesus. <laughs> if you wanted to call him like instead of calling like Wayne, we can call little Wayne, little Wheezy. We can call my my Neezy. What might they have called Jesus back in the day? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay, and Wayne Wheezy, Dominique is Deezy. Jesus could have been Jeezy. Nice. Yes, you did it. You we did it. Last one. <laughs> Last one. What I thought we were saying about me. I told you I had four. Okay. They can't get a dollar out of me because uh -huh. I'm a mother effing. Okay. So big spending cheese and we be big. Okay. Uh, okay. So let's say um, selling um, your body. Yes. A man who is manages a bunch of ladies of the night. This man is called a him. Nice. There we go. Sarah, we did you it. are a trap taboo pro. Congratulations. Oh are you sweating? Yeah. I'm sweating. Okay. I'm sweating. Tense. All right. Good job. Listen, that Thank was long. You. Edit out what you don't want to edit out. It can be the trap taboo, even though I have fun, because I don't know if my grandkids should know that I play trap taboo. You know, what do I want? My I need mine to, to know. I need <laughs> okay, that's true. You have to okay. share. That's All true. right. Well, okay. thanks. Thanks, Ashley. Thanks, Adi. Thanks, Sarah. And thanks, Christina. Bye. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show.